Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today is my great pleasure to have Nick Casali on the line. Welcome, Nick. Jeremy, thanks for having me. Nick is the director of sales over at Sendoso. They are a sending platform for account-based everything. We are actually Sendoso customers. We're going to talk about our theme today beyond personalization. Uh, sending things, obviously, in the mail has changed a bit in current times, so we'll we'll touch on that. Before we get there, Nick, curious if you've got a favorite sales book or a favorite place that you go to learn and get better at your craft. Never split the difference is a favorite. I know that's really popular right now, but a lot of great tactical stuff and it reads a little bit more entertaining than just some of those textbook type books. And then Trillion Dollar Coach, story of Bill Campbell is a favorite. I love that you mentioned those two and I got little side stories on both of those. Uh, I have a big smile on my face right now. So I'll never split the difference. I've actually been trying to get Chris Voss, the author on the podcast. In the book, he talks about this, this thing, which is like, how am I supposed to accept some term Right. So as opposed to negotiating back, it's like, I, I think he says, how am I supposed to accept some term? So I was talking to his folks, I think his company's called Black Swan Group. My last email back to them, you know, they're sort of Chris is busy, whatever people find time, I guess, for important things or ignore things they de- deem unimportant. So my last email back to them was like, how am I supposed to accept that Chris is not ready to be on the Hey Salespeople podcast yet? <laughs> so I was using his own technique back at him. So we'll see if that works. You'll have to let me know how that goes. I will, I will. It's aggressive, but it's his own technique. So, you know, that's extreme personalization, I think. Yeah. If you got him on the phone, you could have just said, too busy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. On Trillion Dollar Coach, any, any like key takeaways for you? I think the way that it was so clear, because it was written by people that had worked with him really after he passed and that you could tell loved the guy. And I think that's so rare in business today. And so just seeing him as a leader that I wanted to so emulate where he made such a human connection. They give so many great examples where they'll be in a you know new product release meeting and the product team will be demoing a new feature and all of a sudden there's just like booming thunderous applause. And you look over and it's Bill just standing up, being everyone's cheerleader, always high-fiving, always giving hugs. Yeah, I had some more takeaways, and I, I do have that visual in the book about him breaking out into applause in, in meetings. If you've ever been in that situation right after you present in a stodgy corporate environment for people to do that, it feels really, really good. Well, you know, we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, beyond personalization. So I'd love to hear, like, your reaction to whether personalization at scale is, whether that phrase should even exist. I'm sure you get a ton of emails where someone says, hey, Jeremy, I noticed you're the blank at blank and you went to college at blank. I'd love to talk to you about how we're doing X, Y, and Z for similar companies, blank and blank, right? And that's a template. They're sending it to thousands of people. And it's personalized and it's being done at scale, but is it working? So what's a step beyond personalization, right? And how do you start to think about making authentic connection. What is, what's an example of a better way to engage folks? I think it's authenticity. You know, SalesLoft, you guys have a ton of data on this, right? There's so much around, okay, if you make your subject line lowercase, higher chance of opening. Well, why, why is that? And it's like, well, because if you're going to email a friend, you don't bother to worry about capitalization. But as soon as these things become standardized and the data comes out, it starts to flip back. 
So I think it's a matter of, you know, what's the simplest possible explanation here? What's the simplest possible way that I can send this email, right? Uh, deliver this proposal, have this conversation in a way that's just me being me and still being hyper-focused on the business and the value and leading with that authenticity, leading with that empathy and letting someone see you as more than a seller behind an email, behind a Zoom call. I, I love your expression about me being me and that that is the way to be authentic. And, and very much to your point, we we sort of return to the norm when everyone starts doing something. So we put out there start it with hey nick instead of just nick and now it's like hey is everywhere someone texted me yesterday hey is for horses because they they just thought it was too overdone we're going to rename the podcast yeah that's why by the way that's why it's hey salespeople is very precisely because of that finding besides email how do you advise the reps that you're coaching to also bring that authenticity we do a ton of sending the piece that we try to hammer home again back to sort of being authentic being a human is to send what you're comfortable with when you're comfortable with sending that item, when you feel like that's the right time. So we empower our reps with everything from, you know, an Uber Eats gift card that the person can then choose to donate to charity, to a dozen cupcakes, to a coffee mug with their alma mater. And we've had some people find some pretty wacky things on Amazon they send when they do find that opportunity of something unique that they want to capitalize on. You think about when you meet someone and in any relationship, professional, social, whatever it might be, there's that moment of rapport, right? And breaking the ice and keeping things very high level. It's rare that you'd walk up to someone or, or just having met someone and dive into something very deeply personal that you might have heard from someone else or found online. It's actually a pretty jarring way to start a conversation, right? You start with things that are casual. We try to talk about taking the same practices that people just already understand about communication and bringing that into the way that you're using all of your other channels, phone, email, sending, right? So, you know, if you don't know someone, maybe you do keep it casual and you talk about the weather, right? Maybe you say, hey, I see it's freezing in Boston. Here's $10 to Starbucks on me, you know, warm yourself up or you can donate that to you know, feeding America if you don't want to go out and grab a coffee. It's not super personal, but it's probably the right amount of personal for how much I know that person at that point in time. One company would send a box of cookies at the beginning of the cadence, and they would wait for the delivery. They would get delivery confirmation, and then they would actually engage. So it was like this, this upfront gift. You see other ones where you're sort of in the prospecting cycle. You've already done some touches, phone calls, emails, whatever, and you insert that in the middle I've seen others where you got the meeting scheduled, but that hasn't necessarily been held yet. So it's sort of this thing in the middle that is used as an incentive. Another one I've seen is someone recently offered me like $80 or something that I could either use or donate to charity to just take a meeting, like to actually payish to playish, I suppose. So, so I guess there's so many options. How do you think about timing for when to send? I think, again, it goes back to thinking about how am I building a connection with them? So if I know they have kids, can I send them a decorate your own donuts or build your own gingerbread house kit? And something that maybe brings the family together. A couple months ago, I would have been thinking about how do I bring this team together? So you think about sort of the set and the setting and who that person is, whether that's at work or at home, which now all of a sudden is blended. And there's always a line there, right? I would not stalk someone's Facebook to see if they have kids. 
But if I'm on a video call with someone and the kids are jumping up on the bed in the background, which <laughs> has happened, right? Or the dogs are barking, you know, that's something that you can then leverage to continue to emphasize that connection, especially right now when I think people are figuring out what's appropriate, right? Is there embarrassment that my kids are in the back of the video or that my dog is barking? And I think the one thing we're talking about is and has become pretty common uh, belief now is, no, there's nothing wrong with that. That is who you are. That's who you should bring to work. Everyone is trying to balance all these things. So how do you continue to build on that, recognize who someone is at home and at work um, and build that connection? Yeah, you, you make such a good point about right now, people are basically inviting each other into their homes, right? And the things that you put in your background when you're talking, right? We're just doing audio, so people kind of can't see what's in my background or your background, although both of our backgrounds are extremely neutral. People, you know, get to see that. And I think that ditto, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you see your teacher in the grocery store, you can't believe that your teacher doesn't live at school. Same with the, your coworkers and, you know, other people is now you get to see like what their, what, you know, what their lives are like outside. I'm I'm surrounded by two of my three cats right now. They're not on screen because they are doing what cats do, which is sleeping. Uh, but well, well, and to that point, I mean, I've I've got. I'm not sure how, how good the our our filtering is going to be on the audio here, but you can hear I've got construction going on outside, right? And you just mentioned you have cats. So in every every conversation, every time that you know someone puts out content online, to your point, you're inviting someone into your home these days, and there's all these little things that you can start to leverage to build that connection, right? As CR is trying to get a meeting with me, you can send me earplugs with a pretty funny message about the podcast and how there was construction going on outside. You know, that'll that'll pique my interest. I'll, I'll get a chuckle out of that and, and probably give them the meeting right now. People know you have cats, so I think you've just opened the floodgates too. Oh no, I'm going to get like, actually one of my coworkers gave me this giant cat sailing a ship shirt. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely obnoxious. You know, I think a, people would be generally comfortable receiving something at work, right? And you can, you know, you can just sort of say, hey, you know, are you working at XYZ Street in XYZ City? Uh, just kind of confirm the address. But, you know, this is just a different, a different world where you're asking people for their home address. I'm wondering if, you know, your sellers or your customers sellers are running into any resistance with like that direct ask. Yeah, I think there's two layers to it. One is to make it feel personal. And, and authentic. And I think the second layer is, you know, more of dotting your I's and crossing your T's. And that's being making sure that you're taking security seriously. Right? That's why, you know, Sendoso is SOC 2 compliant, we took that, you know, incredibly seriously. And we have a note actually, in any link where anyone's going to confirm their address that says, this data will not be stored. And it, in fact, does not get shared with our customers. Got it. Do you give people a budget? Do you hold them to that budget? Who makes the decisions? Do you do you sort of just decentralize that and let them say, like, here's a hundred bucks for this period, you spend it as you see fit? What's the best approach to do that? Yeah. So budget on a monthly or quarterly basis is certainly sort of the highest level of starting to get to a point of how do we manage this, how do we control it? I'm a fan of saying over-index in terms of the types of things you let your reps send. And again, let your reps be themselves. There was a great seller at Terminus, her name was Kat, and she just sent people cat socks because her name was Kat. And I think that's something that's phenomenal. If someone is that creative already on their own, let them triple down on that, right? But there's other people who don't want to do that. Maybe they're more reserved and they want to be sending things that are more, uh, a little more buttoned up maybe. Let them lean toward that. In terms of how to spend that budget, 
you can either set up strict rules or you can set up rules of thumb. I think that there's opportunities to do both. And I don't think one is right or wrong, to be honest with you. But what I do say is if you're sending something high dollar value, it should be either high tier or low funnel, you know, mid to late stage of a sales cycle or who's very high tier and cold. Yeah, I think that makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, you even see sometimes like quite premium gifts that are sent to very high levels. Absolutely. And I think the other challenge with sending and direct mail is the balance between personalized and branded. A lot of times the budget is marketing. They want people to be able to be personalized, but you want to get the brand out there, right? You're spending a lot of money and time and energy developing messaging, developing brand pillars. So how do you balance that? One of the companies that's a partner of ours and also one that we're a customer of theirs, Atrium HQ or Atrium, they're very thoughtful about the gifts that they send. I have a coffee mug that says coffees for closures on one side and it's got Atrium on the other side. And it's one of my favorite coffee mugs because it's just a good mug. They also send books. Would you send trillion? We talked about trillion dollar coach, right? And we talked about never split the difference. Would you send one of those books to somebody? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because as soon as I finished trillion dollar coach, I handed it to one of our co-founders, Braden Young. And I said, read this. And then he came into work the next day and said, I just ordered 50 of these and sent them to the warehouse. We're going to send them out to people. So I think books are a fantastic send. I think that Pete does it right. Where, sorry, Pete is the founder of, of Atrium. Yes, Pete Kazanji, yep. Awesome guy. He's a legend. He just wrote a book called Founding Sales, which everyone should pick up. He does it right when you think about sending books. I think there's two ways to do books. You either do a book that is about the business challenge, solution, and that's, that's Pete's angle, which makes total sense for what they're doing. Sales Off is a great example of a business that's delivering value where you could send a book to someone that's educational and can be personalized enough because you're sending that with a handwritten note. The other angle is building that connection and just sending a book that you really love for whatever reason. It doesn't have to necessarily be tied. It should be professional. Yeah. And I think anyone who's a manager above or above, right? First line manager above is going to deeply, and even individual contributors, right? They're going to deeply appreciate the book. One thing I've seen people do, which I think is super clever with sending books is to not simply send the book, but to actually take a minute to highlight a passage on a page or two within the book and like bookmark that and say, I thought you would enjoy this particular passage. Humans value and will often reciprocate when they know that something was effortful on your part. And bringing this full circle to where where we started, you talked about the sort of dynamic tags in emails with first name, company name, insert role, all that stuff. Like everyone knows machines do that, but it's when you go the extra mile and, and you put you know, content in an email that is thoughtful or to your point also about, you know, you notice someone's kids, so you send them a month of Disney Plus. All these things go the extra mile. I think that book example is another one where you didn't just send the book, you actually took the time to to be thoughtful about how this is relevant for them. Yeah. What is beyond beyond personalization? You know, if you were to think about the evolution, I guess, of Sendoso and and what comes beyond this, what do you think that looks like? I think it's gonna be really interesting to see where things go. Like, is there even going to be a dream force next year? I think the future of how we work and how we meet, right? Not going to get on a plane to go meet a buying committee, not going to shake hands at a conference. So I think businesses are going to have to get very creative with how they deploy their marketing dollars over the next, let's say, minimum 18 months. And I think that is going to drive a lot of innovation because businesses are going to have this 
field marketing budget where they were spending anywhere from a million to five to God knows how much a company like you know Adobe or Salesforce spends on field marketing just for events. So there's this money and a lot of it got, I think, sort of given back to the business at first as companies sort of tightened up and battened down the hatches and said, let's see. But as we go into next year, Q4, Q1, I think that budget is going to return in a very real way to marketing if marketing has creative solutions and a strategy and a plan. And I think that's going to drive a lot of innovation. Other products are going to pop up that are starting to also try to sort of compete for this newfound marketing budget that is for a new age and solving new challenges. So I'm really excited to see where that goes, to start to see more and more of this bridge from the digital and the physical. I'll be on the lookout for how you do bridge the kind of real and digital divide. Well, Nick, it was a pleasure learning from you and getting some great tips and guidance on direct mail and and sending. If people want to learn more about Sendoso or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'm Nick at Sendoso.com. Pretty easy. You can go to Sendoso.com. You can uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to chat. But thanks again for having me, Jeremy. This was a lot of fun. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. Peter Lepinto is our editor. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.